ready. I'm going to click squad. Everyone, it's like when you all get in the photo booth. It's going to start counting down. Come on, Chris, you need to pout. Drinks up. No, come on, Maud. Come on, Maud. What's this shit? Could not initiate squad shot using Safari. Oh, fuck off and die. Can anyone else? Chris, can you initiate a squad shot or is it just me because I... Oh, hold on. No, ask the talent or the show manager. Yeah, I'm the talent, baby. Oh, fuck it, we'll just do this the old-fashioned way. Everyone smile. Don't know what that gang sign means, Maud. Oh, God, that gin is good. Right, what's everyone drinking quickly before we kick off? Chris, I can see that's a branded beer. Uh, I have a Blackheart from Brewdog. Uh, it is a it is a smooth stout that goes down easy. Yeah. Never had a stout. Kind of scares me. A bit like a porter. Both of them kind of scare me a little bit. They look quite thick. But hey, as a former kitchen porter, I I take issue with that. I've I've heard that's why it's called a porter, isn't it? Because it's what no. they used to serve the porters. Probably. Not a kitchen porter, a hotel porter. Oh, I'm sorry, a hotel porter. All right, all right, all right. There you go. Turns out my, my drinks facts are bullshit. Maud, what are you drinking? I am drinking Hotel Chocolates um, Salted Caramel Vodka. Ooh! Hachi machi! And I am on... What am I on? Tanqueray Severe Gin. I'm on orange-flavoured gin with a hint of... Lime. I, what's the difference? One's green, one's yellow. Fuck you. Fucking nuns. Did you say fucking nuns or fucking nonce? Nuns. Nonce. Okay, good. Just want to know what you. You know, I, I, I'd be more. I'd be more offended if you called me a nun. Did you um? Do you know where the term nonce comes from? Yeah, it's it's. Oh shit. Uh, I don't know what the acronym is, but I know that it's it's like the classification that they have in prison when they're not allowed. Uh, not, not on normal child exposure. Oh, it was no. 60% of the way there. Um, not. It's about the recreation time. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking of, but I can't I can't think of like oh, Jesus what the what the c word not is. Not on normal. Oh, I'll give you one minute. Cock. Not on normal courtyard exercise. Ah, not on normal uh, courtyard exercise. Nothing to do That's with the one. <laughs> In case you nonce it up. Yeah. Whilst everyone else is stretching their legs. Okay. Well, listeners, that's a little treat for you. God knows whether that'll ever see the light of day, <laughs> but he might do. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? You don't get this on your usual podcast. Right, hey, let's kick things least, off properly. At least there's some learning. At least there's some learning in there. Absolutely. It's all good. Every, every day's a nonce day. Right. Let's not say that we don't cater for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Except this week, everyone's fucked off. Uh, I could go through the entire list of excuses, but I won't. Basically, we're down to the best of us. Mr. Chris Neal, the wokest millennial thirst trap. How are you doing, sir? Uh, very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, ready to uh, ready to smash some dice. Ready to get some clickety-clacks, clickety-clacking. 
And of course, we've got your favourite feral Ewok. It is indeed Chanel. How are you doing? Houdini. 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 With a supporting cast like that, there was only one thing we could do, listeners, and that was to delve deep into the backstory of the most mysterious of the characters, Maud. So we're going to have a little, we're going to have a little, uh, tittle tattle down memory lane, and we're going to uh, find out a little bit about what life for young Maud was like. But before we do, I am duty bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. Chanel's already used the word nonce at least three times, and if you go into school tomorrow morning and drop the word nonce in spelling test, you're going to get in trouble. So, if you've got little ears, fuck off to bed, and we will see you later. Someone will, your parents will tell you what happened. All right? I just want to point. I just want to point out that I was the first one to use the word nonce, and I don't want to see someone else going down, going down for my. And also, my as mistake. a child, if you don't know what a nonce is, you are in danger. That's half the battle, baby. Just telling him what a nun says. Mm. That's got weird. <laughs> also, can, can, can you not can you not use the word "going down" whilst talking about nonsense? Because a double entendre is go. That is double entendre. Double entendre. Uh, the French call it une nonce. Right. Anyway, fucking hell. Let's try and steer this cruise liner away from the iceberg. All right, here we go. Are you two sitting comfortably? Have you got your drinks ready? You got your pens, your dice, your weak lemon drink? You got everything going? Uh, I don't have a weak lemon drink. Uh, I, I, I only have a stout. A hearty stout. A man's drink. It's 2023, Chanel. With no time for that kind of shit. So we're going to kick our adventure off. Now then, all the different characters come from different places in our universe. And Maud is no exception. This adventure is going to take us somewhere a little bit new. We are going to go all the way to the coastal town of Khadibazogi. Now, Khadibazogi is a beautiful coastal town in a warmer climate than we're used to for most of our adventures. I thought he was murdered by the Saudis. Oh my God. Jesus H. Christ. Might bleep that out. Felt cute. Could delete later. Okay, so yes, the coastal town of Khadibazogi was, um, think sand dunes, think hot, hot, hot climates, think blue as seas, think white mud buildings on the coast with a sprawling diaspora of people milling this way, that way, with carts laden full of different things. Here a cart with fresh booba vegetables on it, there a cart with cage full of chickens one escapes fluttering through the wheels of another cart coming another way that's carrying a visiting dignitary but the takeaway is it's a lush and beautiful lush is the wrong word in a desert town the takeaway is it's warm and beautiful but very very arid only only a lunatic goes out in the midday sun here but we're not interested in the main thoroughfares of of Khadibazogi we're interested in a little a little building pushed away to one side of the warehouse district by the port side where we see a sign over the top that says the Durbers Workhouse and as we enter in the stench hits us the warm beating sun is really boiling the stench of 
of fish. And in this workhouse, we see the teeny tiny hands of little children, orphans if you will, who are all working away at a board, cutting heads off fish, gutting them, and putting the offal into buckets as other little children carry the buckets away. And that is a way of this workhouse. It is a chance for the little waifs and strays who would otherwise be picked up by the worst of society on the streets to have a roof over their heads and a straw mattress underneath them at night. It may not pay well, but it does offer them a place of safety and a place of security. And that is where we're going to join two characters. First of all, we're going to join a very young Maud, who at this time in our story, listeners, is merely 12 years old. Chanel, would you like to describe what a 12-year-old Maud actually looks like? Right this second, as the story finds Maud, she is listening to Tiefling Gang Rat. (laughs) (laughs) Tiefling Gang Rap. Any particular artists in the Tiefling grime scene? Um, It would be the Blood Teeth Gang. The sickest infernal beats. Yeah, the Blood Teeth Gang. Ah, the Blood Teeth Gang. The Blood Teeth Gang. Absolutely. And she's as sassy as you would expect normal tiefling to be. However, she does have from um, from maybe, I wouldn't say years, but from maybe a good six months worth of um, super glue huffing, she has developed a twitch at the end of her tail. Right. Not a noticeable twitch. Super glue huffing. That's why the little kid should be in bed, because we've already got into substance abuse. Okay. So so as little Maud is cleavering off the heads of fish mm-hmm. and scraping out the entrails and pushing them into a slop bucket, you're bopping away, singing along in your mind's eye to tiefling gangster rap. Yeah. Also, Maud doesn't mind the stench of raw fish. Um, she, she quite, you know, she, she has her favourite cuts of fish, which she squirrels away into her pockets. She's quite fond of a bit of eyeball. Little bit of nibbly tail always comes in very useful. Um, but nibbly, these are the nibbly tail. Nibbly tail. These are the cuts that aren't used. And um, very decent little tiefling snacks as of the night time. Can we just clarify for long-term listeners here? In the campaign, you have a taxidermied squirrel handbag. Yeah. You made that in the campaign. So what are you squirreling this fish offal into? Just my pockets currently. Oh, okay. Just your pockets. Okay. Just my pockets. That makes sense. All will become apparent soon. And as your bucket becomes full, you push another severed fish head into the bucket you see it's brimming and over full you wave a hand around as a little child skitters over picks up the bucket has to strain with two hands to lift it away spilling a few greasy heads onto the floor as a figure approaches from out of the shades of the shadows of the warehouse and we're introduced to your character mr neil Now, you're a character that I did not know even existed until I did a bit of research. 
the other day. Do you want to give the listeners a brief overview of exactly what the hell your character is? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, hey there. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Chop Chop. Uh, th- things are, uh, pretty chill around here. Uh, the, uh, I, I'm, I'm an Aldani, which means the, uh, which means I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of similar to a lobster. Um, but, uh, that's pretty cool because, um, it means I can use my use my little claws to break off all the fish heads, uh, and sometimes sometimes the bosses let me let me uh, take 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 good cuts back to my uh, back to my bunk for uh, for evening snacks. Uh, I love the way that you just seamlessly blended out of Chop Chop's voice there into your own voice. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also a great voice. Well, I have to ask. Does it feel like you're murdering your own family? Um, is that Maud asking? Is that Maud asking Chop Chop? Me asking for character reference. Not really. Uh, or if, or if it does feel like that, it's buried below layers and layers of uh, what I would imagine is generational trauma for Aldani in a, in a in a coast town like this. Yeah, uh, it, uh, Chop Chop likes. Uh, this is the only life he's known, so he doesn't really see it as like a bad thing at the minute. He's he's like mm. he's looking on the upside, uh, and he, you know, he likes spending his time walking around with his little tan tan, uh, just uh, starting a. Uh, he doesn't know it yet, but he's he's definitely like a drum circle person. Oh yeah, he's definitely he's definitely the person that would invite you to come and sit in the drum circle. Um, and sing songs to uh, to the great to the great Lord Booyabess. <laughs> okay, the great Lord of the Sea Folk Booyabess. For the listeners, can you explain what a tantan is? A tantan, I think, I think is like a, it's kind of like a, a ratty tambourine. A ratty tambourine. Yeah, like a bit of a worn down one. Uh, unless okay. I'm wrong, and okay. it's just a different kind of tambour- tambourine. Is is this for the kids at school who couldn't be trusted with a full tambourine? No, I I would I would in case they killed someone with it. I I imagine that I imagine that Chop Chop gets along pretty well with just about anybody, uh, even mm. like the even like the bosses and stuff uh, who mm. force us to work. Uh, because I, with my with my two claws, I can probably can probably do quite a lot of uh, cutting yeah. quite quickly. And I don't cause too much trouble, I don't think. Uh, think, yeah. So just for reference, you know, the Aldani are half human, half lobster. So oh, you're yeah. Lo- and, mm. and, and, and Chop Chop is a juvenile Aldani. So he's still four foot going on five foot, but he's walking on six legs. Yeah. What half of him is human? His face. It's Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I walk on, walk on six legs, but like kind of upright. And then I've just got like a human-ish face. Okay. Um, so are we are we thinking about a um, not as lucky mer person? Kind of, yeah. It's kind it's yeah. kind of that deal. Yeah. Basically, if you fist fucked, what's the name of the lobster out of uh, Sebastian? You Sebastian. Monster. You're going to tell me he's a crab now. <laughs> Sebastian is a crab. There we go. I thought it was a lobster. Yeah, basically somewhere between Sebastian the Crab and Quasimodo, and you've probably got kind of vibe we're going for here. Can I ask 
why fist fucking? Because that's not going to create. That's not going to create a, uh, any offspring. That's um, just. Is this coming to you from the man who didn't know where ovaries were? Yeah. Is is this just? Is this just fist fucking for pleasure? Because that's fine. It's just um, like if you're trying to describe a hybrid creature, it's not really the way you'd get there. We need to get the ladybird book out again. All right. Okay, yeah. Okay. I'm going to refer you back to Pam Barnard, who was my English teacher, age 10, who told me I would never amount to anything. So. Wow. Sounds like Pam didn't work very hard either. <laughs> wow. Well, Pam told me if you had two concepts and you wanted to co-join them, you should use the phrase fist fucking because it's a great way of joining two things together. Right. Anyway. Is she now in prison? Uh, no, we scattered her ashes by the oak tree at the end of the cricket field. No. Uh, right, who knows? Who knows? Right, you're getting away from the point here. The point is, the two of you, and it's actually not too bad, a workhouse, the Derbers workhouse. Not, not too bad, to be honest. You're not treated too badly. Um, you're not manacled up or anything like that. You're just kids who've been given an opportunity to have a bit of shelter. And in return for, you know, a bit of getting your claws dirty you get you get a meal you get a bed you get safety um the streets of hadibazogi are not always the safest um as much as i've just made it sound like i don't know some holiday town like el dorado or something it can be dangerous at yeah night. at first i was getting like spring break vibes nah sounds uh, sounds a bit rough this this is not a timeshare cottage you know on the algarve this is a bustling town and you know it's got it's got the bad sorts as well as the good sorts so um i wouldn't want to speak for you and tell you why you're in there i'll let you do that yourself if you want to but certainly you're not there beyond your will um now just to keep the storyline moving along the two of you are at a workbench which is you know glistening with gore and viscera of fish you're heading just past lunchtime you've come off your lunch break you've got back to work and you hear a kerfuffle at the end of the warehouse as you see the man who runs the workhouse. Now, he's quite a fat man. Uh, he's always sweaty. He's that kind of guy who probably needs two showers in one day. Uh, he's, he's that kind of fat and sweaty. But a nice man, a kindly man. And his name is Bersh Magerba. And Bersh is the guy who runs the workhouse. I think it's pronounced Bersh Magerba. But uh, Bursch runs the workhouse and uh, you see Bursch bustle out of his office, sweat dripping off his brow as he pulls a handkerchief out of his pocket and bats it away as a man in a crisp linen suit walks in the front of the workhouse and says, The fish you sold me, I gave the fish to my chef. He started cooking it. He's gone ill. I have a dinner party tonight, and you have sold me queer fish. What the hell am I supposed to do with a queer fish? Bursch, like, bows low and is like, Oh my god, I'm very sorry. I did not mean to. Uh, it's probably misunderstanding. As the man says, Listen, I'm aware that not everything you do is above board, but the least you could do is provide me with high-quality fish. For my dinner party. I ordered Tamgolan cutlass fish, and what you gave me was the sloppiest piece of cod I have ever seen in my life. The bones melted off it before we even cooked it. 
You will produce me a Tamgolan cutlass fish, or I will smear your name from one side of this town to the other. As the man in the crisp linen suit bolts back out the door, gets back into a carriage and is driven away. As you see Bursh Magerba swatting his brow with a handkerchief, you hear him say, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't believe it. We're in so much trouble. Oh God, dear God, children, this is the last time. Oh God, we must really stop cutting corners. <laughs> God, that voice. Oh dear God. That's a war crime. He walks over. Maud, he walks over to you and says, All right, we may be on a deep shit. So that man was Tamram Magufi. Um, You're looking at me like you don't know who Tamram Magufi is. Tamram Magufi. I'm I'm sorry, boss. Uh, we <laughs> we don't we don't leave this this place all that all all that often. Uh, we don't we don't exactly get newspapers. Ah, dear God, Tamram Magufi. He's one of those men. He's famous for doing absolutely nothing, but his name. It brings power. He is the son of Bartok Magufi, famous travel writer, made a fortune, made millions selling his stories. His father told tales across the desert of talking crocodiles that he met. People lapped up this shit. Absolute poppycock and bullshit. But people bought it. His son, Tamram Magufi. Total waste of fucking space. Total schwanz. Sorry, I should not use language like that. But Tamran... He could smear our name at this little workhouse from one side of this town to the other. And yes, we might have sold him a sloppy piece of cod. So maybe we need to make this right. We need to get a Tamgolan cutlass fish. So there's only one problem. It is my daughter's 13th birthday party. And that means it is her poala. It is her coming of age. And I cannot not be at my own daughter's poala tonight. It is traditional in our culture that I dress up as an eagle and she chases me around the birthday party and I poop out diamonds for her. I must be at my daughter's poala. Now can I trust you two? As little street dolphins go, I trust you chop chop, I trust you mud. Can I trust you to go to the market and buy me a genuine Tamgolan cutlass fish? Oh. Mud would like to hold out her clawed hand. She's assessed the situation and what she has decided when he first starts speaking, Maud has a definite plan. <laughs> the definite plan is to hunt down this man and murder him so that he's no longer a problem. Wow. Um, but then as he starts speaking, she decides that there could be a better way. She could infiltrate his kitchen and then poison the whole family eliminating the whole family but then she decides just to take the money could be an out for her and chop chop is is all of this spilling out of your mind or is this all internal dialogue oh no it um it's internal dialogue but oh, it okay. happens okay. in real time as he's speaking Maud sits there and wonders why she has to go and buy the fish and why he just can't be murdered I like the idea as you're going through the plan of internally murdering Tamran Magufi in your head. As you get to the murder part, you just cleave her off the head of a fish on the work surface in front of you in time with your thoughts. As Bersh Magerba says, especially you, Chop Chop, 
Fuck you, mister. He says, um, listen. That's chill, boss. And he slides two gold coins across the work surface towards you. That's and not says, enough. That's exactly how much it costs to buy a Tamgolan cutlass fish. I need you to go to the fish market. I need you to buy the fish. I need you to get it back here. Chop, chop. What's up, boss? That was a bad turn of phrase. But seriously, I trust you kids. This is a lot of money. And and it is. It's more money than either of you two have seen. If you notice in your inventory, between the lot of you, you've pretty much got mm-hmm. like several copper pieces. I think Maud's managed to squirrel away about a silver's worth of mm-hmm. money in her life. He's not a bad man. He doesn't mistreat you. But you've now got more money you've seen in a hot while. As he slides two gold coins across, he says, I need you to go. Like I said, I have to go to my daughter's powala. I have to glue a thousand fucking feathers to myself. This is going to be a very busy afternoon. Can I count on you? Obviously. Okay, boss. Please bring the fish back here as quickly as possible and uh, this will not be forgotten. As he smears, like, he goes to wipe sweat off his forehead and just smears like offal across his forehead. He doesn't realise this as he like scuttles back to his office. It is it is hot in it. Like everyone's sweating. I don't know whether lobsters sweat. Prince Andrew doesn't sweat. Maybe the Andani don't sweat. I don't know. I'd rather not draw that parallel based solely on the fact that maybe we don't sweat. Uh, as you both look at the table in front of you, there's two shiny gold pieces, and actually the other kids are looking over as well. You see other little like ne'er do wells. Is the only one with pockets, so she scoops it out very quickly before anybody can say anything. Is the only one with pockets? Mm-hmm. Maybe Chop Chop's wearing trousers with six legs. I can't imagine that Chop Chop is wearing much of anything, uh, nah, based on what based on what these lobster folk look like. Sexy lobster. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Chop Chop. Sexy lobster. Chop Chop was really kind of like in and out on like focusing on the conversation because he was just like grabbing grabbing fish and like squeezing their heads to the point where they just pop off just going like oh how many hands does chop chop have have we got six six legs two claws okay yeah do, do you need me to put look let me put a picture in the channel for you chanel i think chris has already had this but yeah, uh, Chop Chop wasn't super listening to the conversation. So when Maud takes the the two gold pieces, um, he's just going to turn around to her and be like, "Um, so what are we doing?" Maud is a creature, especially now, of very few words. Like she's a she's a teenage tiefling. She can't be bothered to explain it more than once. So she just grunts takes Chop Chop's claw and guides him out of the fishy hellhole towards the market. Um, that's chill, dude. Let's go. I love the way Chop Chop is becoming, like, Californian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm going for. I, I want to I I put that out there right now. That's the voice I'm going for. <laughs> I'm, it's taken me a little while to get there. Oh, dude. Yeah. That totally broken it. Uh, you want to join? You want to join my drum circle? There you go. That's Chop Chop. Wow, that's like an adult one, isn't it? That's like an adult. Yeah, one. that's an adult one with winkles yeah. growing on him. Chop Chop's smooth as. Oh, I didn't see the fucking eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what you're dealing with, right? The pair of you. Come on, 
So you've been given. What are you doing with the money? You taking one each? One of you taking no, all the money? No, it's in my pocket. Keep up. Okay. It's in, okay. It's in okay. 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 Getting getting beaten down. Right. As you both, you just you dropping everything and and rushing yeah. out the front. Yeah, we're gone. Okay. So as you make your way out the front, all the other kids are looking at you. This is a level of responsibility that's not often doled out to children in the workhouse. So you've el- instantly elevated yourself to, like, hero status as the other children look on with green, envious eyes. As you make your way out, really, the moment you step out of the shade, you're hit by the blazing sun as you wince. It's going to be a problem for the lobster. Lobsters don't do heat. Okay. Yeah. They live in the ocean. They don't do heat. Um, I don't. I don't mean to ruin the vibe, but um, it's pretty hot. When we're on our way out of the workhouse, can I um try and grab like uh I don't know, just like a, a like makeshift cloak or something that I can just like throw over my head and like part of my shoulders, even if it. Even if it's just like a like a, a little piece of material or something, uh, just to like keep mm. the sun off my head. Okay, make me an investigation check. The first roll, make me an investigation check. Oh, classic level one stats. I've got a minus one. It's because you've got eyes on fucking stalks. That's a four. So I find... A four! Maybe a fish. You look everywhere, maybe. everywhere for fabric. At one point, you look at the trousers of another child and contemplate, like, wearing them as a shawl. And then you see it. You see the curtain, the partition. There's a fabric curtain that's the partition to um, to Bershmagerba's office. People don't often use doors in this climate. They use bits of fabric because you get a nice cool breeze rather than a room heating up. You know, you want to try and get airflow through. So you see the piece of fabric, which is held a bit like a shower curtain. It's held by those little rings. Yeah, I'll I'll go for that. Just on the way out, just try and just try and rip out, part of it. Grab off. it with one claw as it just goes ping, 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 ping. As all of the like curtain things just rip off. You're quite strong. Like the Aldani are not weak. They're they're pretty chunky. Yeah. Throwing it over yourself, you scuttle about. You look a little bit like Lobster Red Riding Hood. Wow. I was about to say this is this is some really fucked up little Red Riding Hood shit. Yeah, this is some. You've got a little basket under one arm for the um, for the cutlass fish, mm-hmm. and then uh, you're, you're like skipping along on six legs. The classic storage for raw fish: a basket, a wicker <laughs> basket, a stinking oh. basket for raw fish. As as the the lobster man. And the little girl, the little tiefling, make their way up the high street. You get your first sight in a long time, because you don't go out very often, to be mm. to be quite honest. Um, it's busy. There's lots going on. At first, you get distracted as you look out over the blue and beautiful azure seas. You see little fishing boats bobbing. It's actually quite calm. Occasionally, you do see the white waves crashing against the cliffs further down across the coast. And you see the gulls in the air swooping around... As you notice, where a lot of the slop and offal is thrown out the back of the warehouse, um, at the Durbers warehouse, you see the gulls swoop and holler, picking up bits of fish. As you make your way further up the cobbled street, the higgledy-piggledy cobbled street, between the white-washed mud buildings, you see traders coming this way and that way. 
The beautiful thing is, everyone has a kind of fabric awning out the front of their house that offers shade. Hmm. Shade is a premium in a culture like this. And everyone has a beautiful awning made of different fabrics. And all the different fabrics are different colours and different patterns. As you make your way up the street, you can hear in the distance the hustle and bustle of the city centre. How far are we from the... You wouldn't know because you don't get out very often. You can tell you're heading into town rather than out of town because if you turn around, you see this road snakes off out of the edge of the town and just turns into a little cart path that goes along the cliff edge. We don't know where we're going. Not, not wildly, no. You just pulled a curtain off the wall and walked out. Oh, okay. But, you know, you're excited to be out. like to, giving it some thought, we don't know where we're going. Um, I'd like to turn to Chop Chop. Chop Chop tea seems very naive. Um, and I don't... That is something that Maud has never been. But this... Were you born with street smarts, Maud? Yeah, I think Maud... Maud has... Maud has seen things. She has survived. And it's her choice to be... Um, her choice to work in that in the fish place but now that she's been given a lot of money has bought more options so I'd like to turn to Chop Chop and um, and suggest that we go on a little suicide break first of all and I'm like Chop Chop Ferris Bueller's day off I'm like, oh can we go can we go see the sea Oh. Should we get an ice cream, Chop Chop? <gasps> that sounds tubular. How do you to eat ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> Don't take the piss out of him. <laughs> oh my god, Maud's taking the piss out of your little fronds at the front of your mouth. Like, well, well, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I have to, I have to find the image again because there's a lot to get brain freeze. Maybe it's just your face. Maybe. It is. Ju- it's just the. It's just the eyes that are real fucked up. I mean, other okay, than the, okay. the fucking weird, weird boils on his skin. Uh, no, I take that back. Yeah. No, you see, you see these little weird flappy bits at the side. You've got these weird little. She's taking the piss out of your weird little. Oh, the bits that are like half shell, half, uh, yeah. half skin. Yeah. You're just gonna feed this ice cream into your gills. Is that how it's gonna work? Wow. Uh, uh, that'd be like. <laughs> feeding ice cream directly into someone's lungs. I don't think that yes. would work very well. <laughs> you like the ice cream! You like the ice cream? Inhales the ice cream! Um, as Maud looks over, does she just see little tears dripping off your eye stalks? Does she upset you, or are you okay with I think, playful? I think, uh, for Chop Chop, uh, like, going by the... Going by the beach or the or the sea is like a treat it's like something that has maybe mm. if he's been at the yeah, workhouse yeah, yeah. for years it's something that he's maybe been able to do like once or twice something like yeah. that um so he he always looks forward to it uh and he's like yeah let's go so is that your yes yes dude yes <laughs> love this accent i don't know where it's going chop chop has got some level of enthusiasm how much cocaine has chop chop done I feel bad, so I'd like to take Chop Chop's, um, take Chop Chop's claw, and we'll walk to the. Um, my tail takes Chop Chop's claw, and we'll walk to the seafront, tailing claw. This is beautiful. Mm. Ah, so the both of you, burdened 
by the weight of the money, the two gold pieces, you leave the cobbled street that's heading into the city centre, where you see carts going ahead, piled high with meats, vegetables, some with toys, straw, different things. You see a cart piled high full of sheep carcasses going in the city. Take a left. You get to a ginnel, if you will, an alleyway, a passage between two buildings that you can see the beaten path and you go between the two buildings. For a moment, there's a beautiful respite in the shade between the two buildings before you come back out onto a small cliffside path that weaves down onto a simple sandy beach down below. As the azure waves lap against the sand, you look left, you look right, and you see people relaxing. Some of the finer people in society have got little beach huts. Other people have just thrown a towel out and are sunbathing. As you see a stall selling, and you look another way, you see a man selling rides on giant land crabs. And people, little children, are going for rides on land crabs up and down the beach. These are pretty big land crabs, to be honest, they're not little things. And you see, out at sea, there's a man in the shallow waters offering seahorse rides to small children. They're pretty big seahorses. I mean, they'd have to be. Yeah, this is a fantasy universe, Chris. If you can think it, it can happen. Uh, as you make your way, yeah, it's a nice, nice little beach. Um, as you see, the sun is beating down. It's a nice day. The waters look inviting and cool. Chop Chop looks, uh, when he sees all the people there, Chop Chop looks, uh, at first he's really happy because this is great for him, but he's, he also looks sad for a second because he's like, oh, I forgot my tauntaun. I could, re- I could hit out some real sick beats. I don't know what to say for that. Oh. Are we in the Jesus take the wheel kind of vibe? Let's take the rudder. Or are we like... Death metal rage tambourine. Where are we along that? Jesus take the wheel versus death rage metal tambourine. Uh, I, Chris, doesn't understand what scale we are talking about. Uh, I just called you Jesus. Chris is not a man who's ever owned a hymn book, you know. I don't think so, he's ever so sung Jesus take the wheel. Is like country kind of. Jesus. Take the wheel, Jesus, I'm in the glove box. It's closer to that than, yeah, it's definitely okay. on that side of the scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So very undead metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just likes to, It. I wouldn't say that the music is good, because it's probably just been him on one tambourine the entire time he's done it. He just likes to, like, throw up his claws and vibe out a little bit. As he likes to say, you can't spell booyah best without booyah. So, uh... (laughs) Wow. Jesus Christ, the wordsmithing, Chris. Put your claws up for (laughs) Detroit. Right. Um, Other copyrighted songs are available. You are on the beautiful beach. Yeah. There are amenities around you. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Maud's got a plan, but she doesn't think that, um... It's not immediately clear. I, I keep saying interchangeably more than I. I've not had much acquaintance um, with my lobster friend. So 
I'm not shy, but I haven't got time for, you know, I'm there to have a good time and it doesn't include the people who, you know. Maud is, is the teenager that smokes around the back of the bike, bike, bike shed. She's not the, um, Jesus saves us, um, kind of teenager. Chop Chop is more like, uh, because I would imagine that he's probably been at the workhouse longer than a lot of the other kids. He's like, mm. kind of, uh, I wouldn't say he looks after the other kids, but he's like, but he's like, when, when the other, when him and the other kids are like off shift, he's like trying to make sure that, um, he's doing like weird little drum circles and stuff just to like keep them entertained and stuff. Yeah. Um, he's not clever by any means. That being all said and done, I'd like to not take Chop Chop under my wing, but I'm not going to leave him behind. So, but I will have to come up with an elaborate plan to keep him occupied. Okay. Are you leading him astray? Not astray, because I don't think he's clever enough to notice. He's a claw-biding a citizen. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is, first of all, I'd like to... I'd like to get him an ice cream. Ah, Yes, dude. What flavour would you like? Would you like prawn? <laughs> Langoustine? Squid? Oh. Stop offering him his fucking relatives. That's fucking rough. Uh, I just mean I just mean prawn as an ice cream flavour is rough. Aside from the associated cannibalism. Like, yep. I don't I care gonna about say. that. Like that's fine embryo flavoured like gelato we kill fish every day it's fine there we are uh, yeah as, as you look up there there are all sorts of different flavours um, you know you've got all the serious ones like salted caramel or pistachio and then you know you've got you've got all the the fun ones they've got like booba fruit flavoured ice cream there's you know guava mango uh, you know, all the all the nice flavours and yeah, they've got other things. They've they've got you know candied apples. They've got you know different bits of jerky. They've got more savoury snacks. But yeah, they've they've got nice ice creams. Chop Chop's eyes go wide when he sees guava. He's like, guava, yes, dude, yes. So I'd like to pay for the ice creams out of my own pocket. So what ice cream are you ordering, Maud? Um, I'll order the prawn. So one prawn, one guava. As mm-hmm. the man is like, would you like a flake in that? Uh, so each of you get a cone, one prawn, one guava. Um, and he says, five copper pieces. I'm just trying to find my purse. Hold on. You can't find it. I have two copper pieces that I can give you. Where's Where's my purse? On here. On the main screen on the right hand side, I think, from memory. but you might. Oh, inventory, sorry. Inventory, and then it's in the top right. Zero copper pieces? I haven't got any money at all. I gave you a silver piece. I haven't got anything here. Oh my god, you're out of money. As the man looks down. Was I supposed to have money? I don't know, Maud. As oh. he looks down at the two melting ice creams in your hand. Maud just takes it and runs. Grant- five copper pieces. No, she takes it, runs. And pulls the um, pulls the lobster along with her. As the man is like thieves, thieves! Oh, not chill, dude. Chill. What are you doing? Are you running? 
Make me an athletics check. How cruel. Absolutely. Uh, dirty 20. Dirty 20. He's got six legs. Yeah, he's six legs. Lobster Boy is almost like travelling horizontally, uh, vertically up the cliff face with his six legs, just like... He's, this is the first time Chop Chop's ever stolen. This is a rush. There, there is a plan at a front here. What did you get, Maud? I got the prawn ice cream. But what did you roll on your athletics check? Oh, I didn't. Come on. Yeah, right, yeah, there you go. The lobster bolts. Wait, the lobster's wait, not I'm, getting running, I'm, I'm rolling, I'm rolling. Can I put... Uh, so I have a thing that says I have a powerful build, which means I count as one size larger when determining my carrying capacity. Can Maud kind of, like, get on my back? Absolutely. Yeah, can I, yeah, can I, like, can I, like, nudge her on the shoulder as, as we're, as we're running and, like, pick her up in one claw and, like, put her on, put her on my back and just, yes, oh, and then Maud, yes. what did you get? I got a three, so that would a be three. more appreciated, yeah. Maud, <laughs> Maud slips, falls, as you turn, chop, chop, you're like, whoa, dude, as you go back, you gently, like Superman with Lois, you gently scoop her up, knowing that your powerful claws could probably rend her senseless. As you put her on the back, you zip off like some sort of hideous seafood e-scooter. You just burn down the... I'm like the, zigzagging. The, I'm like zigzagging as yeah, well. just zigzagging. <laughs> this, is, this is intoxicating, Chop Chop. You've never stolen anything. As you see the slightly portly ice cream vendor just going, Thieves! 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 Brigands! As you make your way back up, you burst back onto the main strip, giggling to each other, falling about, laughing, as you smash into an, a, a child as they wander past, knocking them on their feet. Uh, knocking them off their feet, they roll on the curb, wave a fist at you, and carry on walking. As the both of you look at each other in fits of giggles, holding your your prawn and your guava ice cream. Oh, dude, that was such a rush! I'd like to high five and um, chop chop. Yes. We've now become firm friends. Making your way up the cobbled street, you see the carts coming and going. You you stand by the side, passing by people's houses. You look in occasionally and see all different sorts of things going on in different people's houses, people cooking, people cleaning, children playing. As you make your way to the edge of the city center, town centre, you burst into a marketplace and you see on the cobbled square in the middle a bell tower and surrounding the bell tower fabric tents, little awnings all around and under each a salesperson and different wares. Some are selling fine fabrics. Some are selling different smelling and coloured spices and herbs. Some are selling exotic and erotic looking vegetables. Yet others are selling live goods. You see some that are selling um, live animals. Some for breeding. Some for milking. Some for eating. Um, and as you look, you see the seafood section. You see the fishmongery Look over, you see tables with containers of ice. Ice coming at a premium in a culture like this. Uh, ice is not an easy thing to come upon. As you see, you see different layers of fish laid out on the tables, away from the glare of the sun underneath fabric awnings. As people bellow out different things, hawking their wares. 
but you see the fishmongery section of the market. What was the what was the kind of fish that he wanted us to get? I remember it was a something cutlet. I can't remember what what the first word was. Do you not remember where it was? No. No. Absolutely not. In your excitement, you realise you're not a hundred percent sure what Bersh Magerba was after as you look at the array of fish. And there really is an array of fish. From tiddlers, tiny little herring, spackles. Spackles not a fish, is it? Mackerels. Uh, all the way through to, to bigger fish. Like, you know, tuna. And I'm just naming fish I know. Goldfish. Um, and then, you know, more exotic things like cuttlefish, and squid, octopus. There's a whole array. Please describe all of the fish that we see, because I'm sure if you said it, I would remember it. Yep. As you walk up and down the rows, containers of ice, to the left, in size order, you see little roll mops. You see tiny, teeny, little glistening mackerels in oils. Moving along, you see bloaty fish. You see them, they have a weird kind of almost collar, like a fan around them, very puffy but with horrible eyes. The next fish along has a hideous lantern over the top of its head. Laid at the back is like a giant, almost like a shark. Looks, whatever it is, fearsome teeth in its eye, in its mouth and cold, dead eyes across the back. Snaked around the other fish, you see the tentacles of a giant squid. It's now dead, glassy eye staring back at you. Some black ink oozing out of its maw has a beak as the black ink drips into the rest of the ice. You see something that looks a little bit like a cushion full of pins, some sort of inflated bladder of a fish with sharp needles all over its outside, almost like an aquatic cacti. You see other fish, variations of swordfish. You see fish which have clearly evolved to have sharp beaks, fish which have almost like a rapier-style like point at the front you see another fish that has like a razor sharp jagged appendage on the front you see other fish which are smaller in nature more like cod or something like that but they have razor sharp tail fins with jagged like spikes sticking out of them and then you see more the kind of pet-style fish. There's tanks of cold-water fish. Quite hard to keep cold-water fish in this climate because they would die in the normal heat. As you see little pretty fish, you see, like, fighting fish. You see two little fighting fish in the cold water just going at each other as a crowd of children watch on. All right, I fully regret asking for this description. Uh, Chop Chop is going to walk up to the guy that looks like he's running the running the stall um, and he's going to say what's up dude well hello how are you my god we don't see many of your kind here oh dude I'm so I'm so chill I'm having the best day alright maybe a little bit less keen Jesus Christ oh. I could sell you imagine how much oh. money I could get for one of you as he looks over Oh, uh, uh, ch- ch- oh, chill, chill. Uh, not, not, not cool. Uh, g- g- uh, uh, 
I, I'm looking for a, a super primo, primo fish. You want super and primo I, fish? I like, I like put my claws together like that. Like I'm trying to do this, but I'm like... <laughs> Chef's kiss with a claw. He's like, you want super primo fish? I mean, we have the shit fish, and he points down to the roll mob. But you have the expensive fish. He points at the shark, the, the, the squid. He's like, it depends what you want. What are you doing? How will you cook this fish? Maybe I can help you. He points to, like, uh, oysters, mussels, whelks, things like that. He's like, come on, I, I have what I... You like fishy? I help you. But you need to give me more than super primo fish. Um, the shark? Shark fin soup is very nice. No, it begins with a T. Begins with a T. and cutlet. Yes. I think I know what you mean. As he picks up a plump-looking fish, pretty big to be fair, like it's not a small fish. He picks it up, takes both hands. It has um, looks a little bit like a swordfish, except it's got a serrated beak. So less finesse than a swordfish, more far more angry, like a bit of a bruiser of a fish. As he picks it up, he's like, "Tom Golden Cutlass Fish." Yes. Yes, yes, dude. That looks super rad. Here you go, Tom Golan Cutlass Fish. That's what you want. I don't know how the hell you're going to carry it. It's very big. This doesn't look like a. This doesn't look like a cutlass fish. What do you mean? It does not look like a, a selfish or a living little lady. No. This one looks sick. Right. Look, I have three here. Pick the one you want. He put down the fish. Cutlass fish A, cutlass fish B, cutlass fish C. You pick! All same price. Two gold coin. Can I actually have a look at the three at the three fish and see if if one actually, if any of them actually look bad uh, in Ooh. this hot, hot yeah, yeah, climate? Yeah. Yep, make me a perception check. Uh thirteen. Thirteen! Um you're no egg. I mean I am literally You're not a you're fish. not you are literally <laughs> a quant yeah, yeah, yeah. I regretted that the moment I said it. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like when you pick up fruit in a supermarket and squeeze it you don't really know what you I mean one of them is slightly mushier of the three of them one of the two of them look like they were fresh caught today and one of them you would imagine was caught maybe yesterday Ooh. it's not rotten or anything but i'll take one of the i'll take one of the fresher ones then this has been such a great day for chop chop he doesn't want anything to ruin it you're not haggling you're the one with the money. I've got like two copper pieces. I can't do. I can't do shit. I'm just gonna carry it. Okay, we'll we'll play it by the book this time. This time, I wanted to not even go to the fish market. I wanted to speak um, land crab to one of the land crabs, rescue it, and run away into the sunset and start our new lives. But here we are in a fucking fish market, picking the best fish and paying a premium price for it. I mean, we could just we could just eat this fish. We don't need to take it back. You you look up at the fishmonger. He's wearing a badge that says "Hello, my name is Murty." His name is Murty Taberga. As he's like, I'm very sorry your day did not work out the way you were hoping, but maybe this lovely Tamgolan cutlass fish could turn that around. Very beautiful, very beautiful cuts of meat. Two gold pieces. Like to so I'm, I take the fish from um from Chop Chop. Licking at it, and I open his little mouth, and you know, it's fine. Speaks a good fish. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's a barter cu- culture. 
Obviously. So I'd like to say, mercy, my friend. For a teenager, tieflings are quite imposing. As you puff yourself up. Maud is six foot one as a teenager. That sounds... <laughs> Maud is six foot one in attitude and in height. Okay. You in platform heels, Jerry Halliwell. So... Um, I'd like to I'd like to have the data conversation, but not the way that you think it should usually go. And whilst holding the fish, I'd like to uh, I'd like to offer chop chop in exchange. <laughs> wow! As Merty to burgers, like uh, right. you like the friend, you like the the look of my friend. You like him? <laughs> I mean, I could probably before he understands what's going on. Like chop chop, actually, like starts showing himself off a little bit like does a little oh does a wow little wiggle, does a little wiggle with his tail dear god I wonder how much brown meat we could get out of this specimen that is fantastic imagine the bisque I could be swimming in bisque make me a persuasion check and and um, bum, 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 chop chop make me a perception Sixteen. Yeah, chop chop. You're well aware of what's going on. You're not an idiot. Nineteen. The man is up for it. Murty to burgle is is up for it. But chop chop, you're well aware of what this means. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he as soon as he looks at looks at me with that glint in his eye and starts talking about how much meat he could get from me, I'm gonna I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna turn around and dart away with the with the with the cutlass fish. So you're running off with the cutlass fish. Yes. As the man's like, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ, I've not fallen for this shit again. The old giant lobster fucking uh, zigzag. Okay, right. <laughs> thief! Thief! Fucking, uh, dear God, the heady bazogi shuffle. Chill, dude! Chill! Thief! As the city guard. You see the city guard. Now, you're aware the city guard are called the Jabirla. And you know them. They wear kind of like... Uh, they've got these bizarre purple pointy hats on that, that mark them out as the city the city watch and you see the Jabirla you see a couple of Jabirla further down the the aisle in the market because it's all different aisles of stalls and things and you see two Jabirla coming along as the man's like thief thief come back here with my fish acrobatics is my best skill here's what yes. here's, here's, here's what I'd like to try and do I'd like to try and find like a a low, a low, uh, a low roof that I can jump on top of, uh, and like scurry up and try and like try and try and get up higher than everybody else, basically, uh, so they can't get to me. This just became the scene out of Aladdin, the market scene, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing whilst Chop Chop is doing that, Maud? You're still standing in front of the fishmonger. Uh, no, oh, I'm going to hide. Two things are going to happen, Maud. Make me a oh god! There's a question. What are you going to make? Um, we'll edit this out, and I'll look like a genius. Stealth check. Stealth, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, two things are going to happen. Mord, you're going to make me a stealth check. Chop, chop. I need you to make me an acrobatics check. Fuck. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. You charge into a stall over the way, which is full of different bolts of fabric, and you just 
weave and blend in between the different, like, uh, sashes. There's different mannequins with different... And hide behind it. Sure, absolutely. You go full ghost. You just pull a tablecloth over your head and hide in the corner. Whereas... Chop, chop. You skip and you weave and you jump and you leap. And there's a stall with, uh, like, a fabric awning over the top. And there's it's a um, pottery shop. And you leap onto the awning and you start scuttling, but your razor-sharp feet claws tear through the cloth and you crash in and amongst the pottery, sending shards of broken pottery in all directions, making a hell of a noise. The problem is, a bit like, just once you knock over one pile of pottery, it all comes down as you're making a hell of a racket. Are the, are the, uh, are the guards, like, close to me? Are they, are they like, directly running after me? Uh, uh, or the is guards it like... are 20 or 30 metres away. You can see them running towards you as yet more pottery smashes and cracks. You just see the lady in the pottery shop just, like, hold her hands up to her head and just bellow watching her life savings be shattered into, like, a thousand bits of crappy crockery. So at this point, we're going to have a very quick drinks break or we're never going to have one. We're just going to reset drinks. Okay. Toilet. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. Shake your tambourine if you got one. We're going to be back here in five minutes to see where we go. Maud's hiding amongst the fabric and Chop Chop is smashing up a pottery shop like a lobster. A giant lobster person. A giant yes. lobster man in a, in a china shop. Right. Oosh. Picking back up with the storyline where we left it off in the coastal town of Haribizogi, where our two friends, a young Maud, a 12-year-old tiefling, and her friend, the juvenile Aldani, which is a lobster folk, have been sent to pick up a Tamgolan cutlass fish for their master who runs the workhouse. And after a bit of dicking about, um, taking their time and enjoying the, the sea view, they tried to pick up the fish only for things to go a little bit sour when Maud tried to sell her best... Well, maybe not her best friend. When Maud tried to sell her, her colleague... Associate. ...to the fishmonger. <laughs> Chop Chop, trying to take cover by running across the roof of a pottery store, has come through the roof, smashing down amongst the broken pots. And Maud has hidden herself in and amongst the swatches and sways of cloth in a luxury fabric store. As the city guard, known as the Gerbola, are uh, running around looking for you. Can I try and... If I, if I can see that they're coming towards me, can I try and head in the other mm. direction, like out of the out of the pottery store? Absolutely. So what I will say is they will make an athletics check and you will make an athletics check. You, they, you've got about 20 or 30 metres on them and like mm. you've got six legs and they have two each. So we'll see what happens. Oof. 17. Three. So your six legs are better than their four as you weave and run almost like bursting out of the pottery shop, shards flying in all directions. Snap, 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 snap. You're still carrying a fish in both of your claws, you're carrying. It, it's, like, it's, like, it's like slung over one shoulder, like, around my neck. You run, 
the the cutlass part of the Tumgolan cutlass fish ripping into some fabric on the other side of another shop, tearing open the awning as you run past. It's quite sharp, the beak. As you run away from the offices, Lady, the pottery shop, bursting out of the store, bumbling into the two offices, tripping one up as the other one stops to look back at his colleague and is like, what the hell are you doing? Come on, he's getting away! As you turn and look at them, uh, you're now running in the opposite direction. Chop, chop, you're running past the store where Maud is hiding. Maud, you see your friend in a panicked, like, uh, 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 uh. he's like running and running and running. With a, it's quite hard to not see a ginormous lobster in a curtain, wrapped in a curtain, carrying a fish. I like to call it a distraction. Okay. Um, do I know abyssal abuse? Presume so. You grew up, I don't know how much rude. How many rude words do you know in abyssal? I don't. I'd like to use infernal legacy. What on earth is that? Is that your hellish rebuke? <coughs> was that was that abyssal or a cough? That that was abyssal. So infernal legacy. It's a spell. Okay, here we go. An hour and twenty minutes in, we're using our first spell. Yeah. You're going to tell the listeners what it does? I don't know. I, I can't see what it does. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you manifest a minor wonder, a sign of supernatural power within Whoa. range. You create one of the following magical effects within range. So. Oh, it's thaumaturgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah your yeah. voice booms up. Yes, that one. Your voice booms up three times as loud for one minute. You cause flames to flicker, brighten or dim. And colour to change one minute. You can you can cause harmless tremors in the ground for one minute. You create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of your choice within range, such as a rumble of thunder, cry of a raven, or an ominous whisper. I can instantaneously cause an unlocked door or window to fly open or slam shut. Okay. And I can alter my appearance for of of your eyes for one minute. Okay. So. I would like to cause harmless ground tremors for one minute. And I think that will be enough to distract them. Okay. So, as Chop Chop, you run past the fabric store, you see Maud. In my head, I'm just heading back to, like, the um, the ocean where we were. Um, it feels like a safe safe place. So where your ancestors come from. I get you. I get you. As you make your way past Fabric Store, you feel something. The ground underneath you shakes. Now you're okay. Six legs. You're pretty. Your centre of balance is pretty good. But you feel it through each of your little little limbs. Um, as you look around, it's not crazy, but things are falling off. Like you've already broken a load of pottery, but now you see vegetables that are stacked up like barreling off tables and rolling around you hear screams and cries people don't know that it's harmless 
Stalls are rocked, awnings tumble down. Uh, you see children like running around, like screaming in all directions. You hear like calls of like earthquake, earthquake, everybody get to the shelters as people are running around like loons. Maud, are you carrying on hiding or are you going to come? No, I'm going to follow him. In the chaos, I'm going to follow him. Okay. So, as the six-legged lobster sprints, wrapped in a curtain, holding a giant fish, you look over to see your friend who's sold you out, keeping pace with you. There we are. Technically, it didn't sell him out. It was a distraction, so he could still... Not Not chill, dude! No! No! We got the fish. We've got the money. I got the fish. I've got the money. As you you just see, it's chaos. Like people are like running out of their houses to look around. People are calling out for loved ones. It's not done a wild amount of damage. It's it does say harmless tremors. Yeah, I mean no one's dying. It's a cantrip. It's not like. It's not like a full-on earthquake. No, it's not an earthquake. But, like, you panicked people. That's not to say anyone's died. You've done little more than wobble some fruit off some trestles. Uh, People are looking around at the clock tower to see whether it's going to fall over. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be holding stable. You see an elderly lady bursts out of her house and she says... As I said, this is the end times. It is a sign. It is a sign. For the Lord cometh again. Ugh. Uh, as you, you, you're you're running out of uh, the far side of the market square to where you came in. Um, you find yourselves in a road leading off the market square. You see lines of taverns and inns down one side um, and various drunken types the day drunk unemployed staggering around outside the taverns this is a not so nice area of town we've managed to lose the fishmonger you've lost the fishmonger poor Mertie Tobergle Mertie Tobergle even poor Mertie Tobergle and the uh, the gerbiler you've managed to lose them but you find yourself in a slightly less nice part of town. Imagine the hen and chickens in Sheffield, which is a reference about five people who listen to this will ever get. But just think of a, a hive of scum and villainy. Mm. They might be listening to it from this, the hen and chickens. Yes, this might be live streamed at the hen and chickens. Yeah. So, yes... It's starting to reach early evening now. The sun is still up, but it's on its way back down. I do think we should um, explain the reference to the hen and chickens, and we should liken it possibly to the headquarters of the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Peaky Blinders wishes. Fucking shit show. The rumour goes with the Hen and Chickens, which is a backwater pub in Sheffield, which is pretty damn scutty. I've never been in personally, Chris, probably... Had his first pint there growing up. But the head they of say... I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. No, never been. I've been saying we should go on a work social forever. Didn't you go in with us when we went when we were born and raised? No. 
Nope, nope. Not me. You weren't you weren't with us you weren't with us on Boothie's work stag do, were you? Nope. That was a fun night. I bet. So, listeners, the hen and chickens, pretty shitty looking pub from the outside. Maybe only Mr. Christopher Neal can tell you what it's like on the inside, but it's not as bad inside. It looks terrible outside, but it's not as bad inside. It's a pigeon chips. Pigeon leg chips. That sounds fancy. That's Mitchin and Star Fuji. Mm. The rumour is, if you want something cheaply and you want it stolen and you don't want to pay for it, you go there and you just say to a man, I want a PlayStation 5 or I want a plasma TV or I want a Citroen Bolingo. I don't know. Whatever you want. Whatever the hell your heart desires. And they steal it for you on demand. Steal to order. And it's affectionately known, apparently, as Amazon Crime. Because you can get next day delivery on pretty much anything stolen. And that's kind of the neighbourhood that you're in. As you look around, the warmth of the day is starting to wear off. The sun is no longer directly overhead. And... It's not getting cold by any stretch of the imagination because the nights aren't really that cold here. But you look around and you start seeing a not very nice type of person on the street. People are looking at you now. I'm going to take off my, like, makeshift cloak and I'm going to wrap the uh, cutlass fish in it so that I can keep it hidden. See if I can, like, sling it around my around my shoulders or something so it looks like a little Could thing. you wrap it... Across your body, like a baby in a sling. That's what I mean, yeah. You want to swaddle a fucking cutlass fish and... Okay, okay, okay. As you uh, make me a sleight of hand. Uh, It's not going to be great. I could tell you that much. Oh, it's not bad, actually. Thirteen. Maybe you're you're more maternal than you thought you were. There you go. Yeah. Like some sort of hideous baby, you swaddle the fish. The brine seeping through the curtain. Um, You, yeah, you swaddle it and you you wrap it around yourself with a bit of help from Maud. You're now swaddling a giant cutlass fish. You're probably the only person qualified to carry this fish. It's too heavy for Maud to carry on her own. As you make your way further down the, the, the alley, the street getting narrower. You see a man come bumbling out of a side alley, take one look at you, chop chop, and say, Your kind ain't welcome here. Fair. Looking at the lobster, less concerned with the tiefling. No, dude. Uh, look, I'm, uh, I'm pretty chill, but if you, if you don't step off, we're going to be in real choppy waters. <laughs> Sounds like you got a sense of humour, son. Giving it all this. Yeah, I'm. J- I'm going to see if he. I'm just going to say nothing and see if he backs off. Make okay. me. Make me a. Are you trying to intimidate him, or are you trying? To yeah, yeah, yeah. Him? I think that's. Yeah, I think intimidation is probably the closest thing. Uh... I, I don't actually I don't actually want to fight him, but I'll, if I have to. Okay, make me an intimidation check. Well, that is a six. A six. So I wasted my good one-liner on a nothing roll, and I don't like that. 
as you see, you try and puff yourself up to your biggest height. I mean, you can see you're starting to get a little bit worried. You're trying to you're trying to look all tough, man. But you can see you're starting to sweat. Brine is starting to like just drip out of you down your forehead as you you wave the cutlass fish around like a weapon as the man steps out of the alley pulls a it's swaddled up I'm only using my claws you're on the claws I apologise yeah 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 you you snap and snap and snap at him as he pulls out his sharp looking dagger and says well if that's how it's going to be then that's how it's going to be Jesus Christ time for some thermidor as he pulls out the knife and makes a run towards you. I'd like to get involved at this point. All of you at this point can roll initiative. I'd like to trip him. Roll initiative and we can see where we get. Intimidation investigation was initiative. Uh, Up the top next to armor class. Uh, I got a 17. He got a 7. Woo! 17. Did you also get 17? No, I got 12. Not bad. Top of the round. Chop, chop. The man, you see the glint of the dagger as it comes towards you, sparkling in the sunshine okay as you can smell his foul breath coming nearer you um I think because I'm a monk if I use if I do an, if I do like an unarmed strike as an attack I can also do one as a bonus action Ooh. I am gonna I am gonna use my claws though which means that it's a d6 instead of a d4 nice so I'm gonna I'm gonna attack with my action and my bonus action. First one is a 17. It's And the second one is a 18. Amazing. I'll roll you some damage. Thirteen. Whew. 13 damage. I'm just going like, no, dude, chill. Chill. As your razor-sharp claws swat towards him, the first, almost like an instinct, years, years of tambourine playing has given you razor-sharp instinct as your claw (laughs) flies out, a claw gripping the wrist of the man's dagger hand as there's a sickening crunch of bone as your, you know, your evolved claws are deadly. They can chop the heads off fish. You hear a crack and a groan as the man looks down. His hand and wrist have gone floppy. The dagger falls from his hand as a piece of white bone juts out from his wrist. That's your first attack. He holds up a hand and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Your second attack comes through an instinctual snip. You don't know he doesn't have a weapon in that hand. You see the tips of three fingers go flying off in the air 
as he looks down at his now severed fingertips and howls on the floor. He's like, I'm sorry! Maud is very impressed. The crowd of people who had gathered to see what might happen, see the fingertips fall off the man and land at the floor as he looks down at it with his wrecked hands. It goes to Maud's turn. Maud is just clapping. <laughs> Maud's clapping and also, in her mind, she's thinking about starting a fight ring when they get back to the fish orphanage. She's going to be Chop Chop's manager. She can see all the oh, like wow. see the dollar signs. But I'd only be I'd only be fighting children. That's so horrible. Well, this is hideous. Fish got to eat. Chop Chop would probably do it. Yeah. So Maud, what are you doing? You see, he's a big man. He's crying like a child. Three fingertips chopped off and one wrist smashed to pulp. You just see his hand is just this floppy mess on the end of a broken wrist. The dagger on the floor. What are you doing? Are there any vehicles around? I'm looking around for like a type of vehicle. Because clearly we have to leave. Um, there's there's a wheelbarrow. That'll do. Okay. So, um, Maud, I'd like to point to the wheelbarrow and just drag him away and say, we need to leave, we need to leave. It's getting dangerous. So you're, uh, you've got six seconds. So your six seconds are to tell your friend we're leaving and to run to a wheelbarrow. Yes. I can I can grab the wheelbarrow and, like, you can jump in it and I can just run yeah. forward while holding it. Yeah, and, and you can put... You can give me the fish. Yeah. You give me the fish. You push the, the wheelbarrow and... We um, make a getaway like the Flintstones. Okay. Yeah. And for the sake of narrative, for the sake of rule of cool, you fucked the man up. He still had, for the sake of transparency, two health points. He started with 15. You took 13 off him. You ruined both of his hands. He doesn't look like a man who makes his money by using his head or his mouth. He looks like a man who's made a great deal of money using his fists. Well, they're both ruined. He's currently on the floor thinking about his life choices. I think I think when he's like on the floor, like with a few of his fingers gone, uh, uh, chop chop before he like gets to the wheelbarrow is just going to be like, "Get out of here, dude! Go!" As the man sees it, takes your advice, runs, turns, comes back, tries to pick up the three severed fingers using his floppy hand, realizes he can't and then has to try and pick up the three fingers with the hand with the severed fingers on, makes a right balls up of it, sticks three severed fingers in his pocket, whimpering, runs off down a side alley. Everyone else has just vanished. As Maud, you've already got in the wheelbarrow. It's a fisherman's wheelbarrow. It's a piece of shit made out of wood. You scoop a load of crap out of it, jump in, take the fish as chop chop. You push the wheelbarrow. Yeah. So currently... Chop chop, we have two gold coins and a fish. The right fish. We do. And a wheelbarrow. I feel that we should um, 
We have to take something back to the orphanage. I mean, the kids in the orphanage should be so excited to see a wheelbarrow. They've led very sheltered lives. Now, what are you gonna? What are you gonna take? Is there anything looking around that we can see that we can take? Are there any? I don't know. Wait, we we take we take it all back, but we say we say we spent the gold because why the fuck? Why the fuck wouldn't we have? And we uh, we scurry the gold away for uh, a rainy day. See if we can do more stuff like this and save up some money like to it. actually to actually like get everyone the fuck out of there or get ourselves out of there. I like it. The beginning of an escape plan. This is us getting the spoon that, that starts digging into the wall in Shawshank Redemption. This gold is a spoon. As I said, the um, the Derber's workhouse is not a bad place. Uh, Bersh McGerber is not a bad guy. He's not hurting you. He's not holding you beyond captive. He's actually almost philanthropy. He's giving you a trade. He's giving mm. you a roof. He's giving you food. But yes, by all means, squirrel the gold. Classic rich man attitude. Sure, yes, or charity is born out of bad, bad means. As you push your way along, everything's gone quiet. Like everyone's melted into the shadows. People were watching to see what happened. But after you broke the man's wrist and chopped his fingertips off, everyone went, <coughs> gotta go, and just sort of subtly wandered back through into the pub or wherever it was that they were meant to be. Uh, finished up their cigarette, stubbed it out on the floor and melted down some alleys. As all that's left now is the clickety-clackety of lobster feet on the floor. As, uh, Maud, you can feel the wind rushing between your horns as you swaddle the fish. Now, you make your way further down the road. You see it's a downward slope on cobbles, heading back round to the part of town where you came from, where... You can see it heads out towards the uh, waterfront, but the uh, the incline gets steeper and steeper as you go down. As you'd worked your way up into the, the town centre at the top, you come back down the other side. As the wheelbarrow starts picking up momentum, chop chop, I need you to make me a... Athletics? Yeah, I think it's going to be an athletics. Yeah, can you make me an athletics check, Chop Chop, to see whether you can keep ah. control of the wheelbarrow? Hey, he's a big, strong lobster. Uh, and that'll be reflected 14. in his stats. 14. It gets faster and faster and faster, and at some point you have to make a choice whether to lose control of the wheelbarrow or get on board. As you choose the latter, lifting your six feet off the ground, you jump onto the back of the wheelbarrow as the two of you roar down the street, almost like a soapbox derby. This is going to get gnarly, dude! Woo! As you feel the wind rushing between you, you see further down the street, people walking up. You see a lady carrying a basket on her head. You see two children playing with a stick and ball 
uh, and you see a tradesman with a cart as you're picking up a bit of pace now. We should shout a warning. We're not monsters at this point. Yeah, we should we should warn them. Um, chop chop just goes. <laughs> Which is traditional Eldani for what now? <laughs> uh, it's not Aldani, it's not Aquan, it's not anything. He's just screaming because he's very excited. <laughs> oh, brilliant. This is the fastest you've ever been. Is this the noise a lobster makes when you boil it in a pot? Could be, could be. Yes. Maybe a performance check to see whether people... And I'll make a... Seven. Mm, that's not great. You now have a choice. Everyone looks up. Everyone sees you. Nobody gets out of the way with a seven. You can choose to aim for the children with the stick, the woman with the basket, or the tradesman with a cart um, full of fish. Children with the stick. Can I... Instead of getting down to that point in the road where we're going to hit one of those two groups, can I take... Oh, this could work, actually. <laughs> no, I'm just going to use my claw. Can I just take my claw and try and, like, dig it into the ground uh, next wow. to me as we're going down? I know that it's going to, like, wear the claw down awfully, but I'm going to try and, like, I'm going to try and, like, use it to, like, almost, like, turn us as we're going round so that we don't hit anybody. Sure. Okay. Um, I will say you can either make me a survival check. Should we call it a survival check? I know that's technically wisdom, but this feels very much like if you know how to do it, you're going to do it and save yourself. Like, this is using instinct, and I think wisdom counts. 17. 17! Pushing your claw down, you feel a wrenching, like, as a jolt as your claw rips into the cobbles. Uh, you see flagstones flying in all directions as you slow down. Like, the pain, you feel it ricocheting up the bones in your arm all the way up into your shoulder, into your back, as you slowly slow down, coming to a stop just in front of the two children who have closed their eyes and look up to see a tiefling with a giant fish wrapped in a curtain in a wheelbarrow with a giant lobster on the back with a swollen claw grinning at them. Uh, Chop Chop is just going to say, um, it's totally chill, but uh, maybe next time someone is uh, speeding at you down a hill, out of control. Maybe maybe you just move. It's, it's all chill, though. Okay. It's all chill. As the child looks at you, slightly scared, he goes, Why did God make you so ugly? <laughs> That's not chill. That's not chill, dude. I'm beautiful. Okay. You can hit him with the back of your, um, back of your claw. You won't cause too much damage. I, right, okay. As the little child 
They skitter her off. They're like, bye! As they just pick up their ball, their stick, and they just piss off. Uh, both of you, you look back. You see the wreckage in the road as, as Chop Chop's claw is dug a furrow through the middle of the cobbles. Chop Chop, you look down at your claw. It's slightly swollen and sore. You see on the other claw there's still smears of blood from where you've damaged the other... The, snipped the other man's fingertips off mm. as you step out of the wheelbarrow which is slightly the wheel's slightly buckled on it now Maud you're struggling to hold the weight of the fish on your own I think Chop Chop walks over and like kind of leans one shoulder down for Maud to mm. like throw the throw the fish on it nice at this point, I don't really have very many survival skills. Mm. Chop Chop, Maud, based on that, with Chop Chop carrying the fish, Maud being support, you make your way back down the road, you can see the azure blue, beautiful, you see the crisp blue sea in the distance as you make your way back down the road onto the adjoining road that your workhouse is on coming to the entrance of your workhouse you see the sun is about to set over the sea you look across the bay and you can see the beautiful reflection of the bronze sun as it ripples across the water as you look back at the front of the workhouse and down at the fish swaddled in a curtain a ginormous smile breaks across your face. This has been the most fun either of you can remember having in a single day. As more do you feel in your pocket and you feel the weight. Two gold coins. I'd like to give Chop Chop one gold coin and I'll keep one gold. Ah, oh, thanks, dude. In, like, the weird carapace that I have, uh, uh, like, shell thing, I'm going to try and, like, hide it in, like, in between two of them so that it doesn't fall out, but it's also hidden. That is so cool. I was going to say, the lobster is butt naked, technically, but he's found a way of secreting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, to be fair, he's got inventory, so, I mean, between his carapace, he's got absolutely fucking everything going on. Right, as you make your way back into the warehouse. Most of the children are finished work for the day. The counters have all been wiped clean. There's no more smears of blood or offal on them. You see the kids have all gone out the back is where the, the dorms are. Uh, you can smell supper. Supper is oddly often fish-based, um, as budget means you eat a lot of, of, of scraps. But uh, as you make your way back in, there's, there's a certain relief to being back in the workhouse the end of an exciting day it's not a bad place to live they don't mistreat you as you carry the fish back in you make your way over to Bursch Magerba's office as he bursts through the door you see he's still got various feathers glued to himself as he's still trying to pull them off um, from entertaining his daughter at her coming of age party he's like Ah, oh, my children, how did it go? I think we look a bit frazzled, don't we? Yeah. We look a bit frazzled. He's covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. A swollen claw. Yeah. 
I think we look a bit worse for wear, but like Chop Chopper's just got a big smile on his face. Like he's just he's like he's had the best day. So many ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster. I love the idea that there's a happiness in his eye stalks. Even a man with eye stalks can look happy. Yeah. And Bashmagoba's like, ah, I see. Is that what I think it is? Uh, I, I'll, t- I'll take it off my off my shoulder and, and hand it to him. Here you go, boss. Ah, some golden cutlass fish. That is... You two are the brightest amongst us. I tell you right now, as he picks the fish up, it's quite weighty as he lifts it, he goes, yes. That is a Tamgol and Cutlass fish. Some part of me, I will not lie, was slightly worried that you would not get the right fish. But you did. Here we go. And I look, let you, if you've got any change left, I want you to keep it. Please. You keep whatever you parted. And I know that the pair of you Although you've had a difficult start to life, I know that you will make bright futures for yourself. The opportunity to grow here, hopefully, and become something. But yes, please, for now, you go. Get a good night's rest. Tomorrow is another day. But I know now that I can trust you. And maybe tomorrow we sell shitty fish to another person, and we must go on other adventure. As he's talking to Chop Chop, Maud is behind him with her tail in his pocket, slowly looking for change. And that's where we're going to leave this one shot. What a beautiful, beautiful vision of Maud. She can't even take a compliment. She can't even take a kind word or a favour. She's already stealing off the man. She is. Trying to help her. I do feel that we should end this one shot, though, in in the way that all kind of iconic 80s films end, where they're like, jump in the air, mid-air and high-five. Mm. Like, I have six six legs, but they're, they're super tiny, so it's going to be like, yes, dude, yes! Both of you make me an acrobatics check. Go on. Both of you make me... If you want to do a slow-mo high-five. Yeah. Seven, 17. 13. 13! We just high-five each other. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's harmed. Bursh Magoba looks on and waiting for Maud to be swatted out of existence. Both of you high-five in the air as we freeze-frame. As there's a there's a resonant cracking noise, as as claw meets claw, as the Tamgolan cutlass fish winks at the camera, and we fade to black. Wait, what? What a what a what a beautiful story. That's a bit different to the ones we usually do, but I thought it would be nice to give Maud something a bit special as. I like it. It was good. Trying to get more to play a one shot, it's like trying to get blood out of a stone. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. I like that. The way that you convince her to do it is by saying, I'll get Chris to play as a lobster person. <laughs> no. I didn't know. I was... <sighs> do you know when I was putting this together, I thought long and hard about all the different things we could do. 
And I thought Chris is, is, is very agile when it comes to role-playing. And he, I've seen him play everything from fairies to goblins. And I was like, how could I challenge Chris without it being thoroughly impossible? And then I thought, yeah, it feels like after you play D&D for a little while, you've done all the kind of normal things. You've done the tabaxi, the dwarfs, the gnomes, the goblins. And I was like, what the fuck could we do? Yeah. And then I thought, I thought maybe Maud could have a little pet friend. And then I was like, nah, it's too like Rocket Raccoon or something like that. I was thinking maybe she could have a badger. And I was like, no, no. Mm. And then I was like, what if she had this hideous friend? Wow. But he's like a kindly type. He's like a religious type, but he's like this evolved monstrosity. But he's kind of a nice... He's a nice type. The The way I described him, with, I think to Chris, I described him originally as like a deadly thing. I was like, imagine Bruce Lee, but he's seafood. Yeah. That's how I pitched it. Yeah. He's like, despite being like level one characters, being able to hit twice in one turn uh, and actually do a fair amount of damage was pretty cool. I like the fact that you blood, a lot of blood. Yeah. Get effort. And it unlocks a lot of nice narrative because he's a sea-based creature and you don't get a great deal of sea-based creatures wandering around. Yeah. yeah so it'd be a bit of fun. And Chris, you did spectacularly. I was waiting for the voice and it did not disappoint. Uh, yeah, it took me a little while to find that voice. I maybe maybe practiced like one phrase beforehand, uh, and it it did not show. <laughs> no, dude. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And more, more. You were suitably Mordish. You were very like Maud-like, and it's nice that. And again, when I was writing this, I thought in my mind when I first wrote it, I thought it's going to be a horrible place. It's going to be like, like Charles Dickens esque kind of you know like Fagin or something like that. It's going to be a workhouse. And I thought. Actually, fuck it. Everyone does horrible places and horrible... And I was like, what if it was a nice place? And what if it was a nice thing? And what yeah. if... What if instead of how quickly can you escape a horrible place is yeah. what if you take someone from a nice place and you give them gold? What choice will they make? Will they be Will they be good? Will they be nice? Or will they... I thought you were going to buy a horse and run away, but instead you I went do, for I ice cream. I tried to. I was going to, because um, I can talk to animals, I mm. was going to talk to the land crab and I was going uh, to get Chop Chop to snip his little, um, to snip his like rope that was holding him and we could run off into the sunset with our two gold coins and our pet land crab. That was the plan. I was curious to see morally if you, you know, if it's not a horrible place and they're looking after you and they give you gold, what would you do? Would you run away? Would yeah. you steal it? Would you? Yeah. There were lots of different things that could have happened, but I liked I liked the way it went, and we even got a bit of combat in, and that made me very happy because Chop Chop had his moment. Mm. I like it. I was very tempted to grab to 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 pop that guy's head off like a fish. Mm. Uh, I, I did decided wonder. against it. Yeah. I thought maybe you were going to go full Lenny from Mice and Men and just be like this terrifyingly deadly like. You know, yeah. But maybe not. Right. There you go, listeners. That is all we can hope to achieve for one episode. Thank you very much for joining us for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck-nuggetry. 
Seeing as you made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button? Never miss another episode again. But yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards spreading the word of our misadventures far and wide. If you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode, your best bet is to find us on Twitter. That's at AdventurersANO, number one. But you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. So, that just leaves time for us to say a huge goodbye from all of us here at Adventurers Anonymous. It's a massive goodbye from Croydon's very own Chanel. This, this being a an audio media, you're going to have to narrate your chop chop. Lobster, lobster chops. Bye bye. Clickety clackety, clickety clack. Clickety clackety. And it's a massive goodbye from the wokest millennial, Mr. Chris Neal. Goodbye, adventureholics. See you next time. Love and it's a massive goodbye from me, the DM, AJ. Right, I'm off to go and have some fruit de mer. This has got me hungry. We will see you back here next week, hopefully. But remember, my friends, stay tipsy. Stay tipsy. Yeah. <laughs>